Tim and Kathy Bush join Dawn and Steve to talk about how God redeemed a relationship that started off on the wrong foot this Valentine's Day. Join the conversation at any time, 800-555-7898. I don't know about you, but I love the uh, stories of redemption where you see God at work in people's lives and things are so radically transformed. And uh, we've got a story like that that we're going to talk about this hour but before we do, man, I, I know that today being Valentine's Day is a day that we talk about the celebration of love and marriage. And, you know, it can be a day that if you're single, you're very aware of the fact that you're single on a day like today. I think the other scenario, though, that comes to mind for me is the person who's in a bad marriage. And as the world is celebrating all these stories of good marriages, you're like, man, I, today stinks. <laughs> Today's hard. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be about love. And I'm not feeling it. That, that person I said I do to a little while back, mm, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. And you may find yourself in that scenario today. I think you're going to be encouraged. So stick with us. I hope and I think and I pray you're going to be encouraged this hour as we talk with Tim and Kathy Bush. They're authors of Sex on the First Date, A Story of Broken Beginnings to a Radically Transformed Marriage and Founders of War Room Ministries. Tim, Kathy, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. You know, I think uh, a lot of us may see a story of somebody who's been married since 1982 with kids and grandkids and the whole thing and think, oh, man, that, that's great. I mean, they, they probably had God at the center of their relationship for so long, but your story started out kind of messy <laughs> and God has done a lot in, in your life. Let's rewind the clock a little bit. As you think about the storyline of your relationship, what were some of the biggest challenges that you guys had to learn to work through? You want to go? Yeah, I would say for me, just uh, how I was raised, my mom uh, having nine husbands uh, and uh, two of them twice, and then being adopted by my grandparents and really having no spiritual leadership my whole entire life. Didn't even know what it was. The only time I went to a church was to for a funeral or for a wedding. And, uh, and, and there was always parties around those things, of course. And so I didn't really see anything that was that was going to build me up that way. And I didn't know that I needed it. So I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, but later on, it was really clear what I was missing. Mm-hmm. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, that helps a lot. What a what a beginning into a relationship like a marriage is to have that yeah. kind of backstory. And Kathy, what about you, your backstory coming into the marriage? What did this look like? Well, I think I think for me was more about what my expectations were about marriage. I really thought when I met Tim, he was going to take care of me and provide for me and and make me happy. And so I think I think that was the biggest challenge was what I was expecting marriage to be from kind of what I saw was going on in my parents. I just assumed that once I got married, it was going to be good and I was going to be happy. And so I think that was that was our biggest challenge when we first got married. And we did get married because I got pregnant. And we both thought that we were going to do the right thing and you know give this give this baby a home and and I really thought it was going to be easy and good right away. 
That's the thing, though. When you're going into a marriage, whether there's a baby or not, that adds another layer of of the connecting piece that makes it so challenging. And yet we do tend to enter into marriage thinking this is my soulmate. Everything's going to work out. He or she is going to make me happy. And, I, and when it doesn't work out, we find ourselves very, very disillusioned. And Kathy, when you got into the marriage, how'd that work out for you in your expectations? Well, I would think, I think on the honeymoon night, I, I know we both felt this way. Like we made a mistake. It was like the relationship that, that fiery, passionate relationship we had through dating the night we got married, it, it just totally changed. And Tim and I didn't, we didn't know each other hardly at all. We didn't really go through premarital counseling. But we did. We were, we, uh, the pastor said we had to go through six weeks and, or he wouldn't marry us, but he did, we did make it to one <laughs> and wow. he did marry us. So we got a lot of wisdom in that one class. And, uh, and, and we, and you know, the greatest thing out of that, uh, out of us saying yes, was that we did get our daughter and, and there was no choice and she's amazing. And so that that was great, and but we didn't know that going in because for me personally, I was too selfish to think about anything other than what I was going to get out of the marriage, which I thought was going to be massive sex uh, anytime I wanted it. Somebody's going to take care of all my physical needs, every other need I had. Kath was going to take care of, and that's a pretty big expectation. <laughs> so I just it, and it's not it's just not real. It was never anything we had discussed. No, we did yeah. <laughs> In fact, we didn't discuss it for almost three decades yeah. <laughs> about those those needs. But at certain point, you guys had to discuss some pretty big issues. In fact, you actually opened the book with a, a story where you realized, oh, man, we got some big problems and some big and tough conversations that uh, need, need to happen here. Uh, Tim, you actually overheard Kathy talking uh, on the phone with somebody else about the state of your marriage. Uh, Kathy, set up the, the story from your point of view. Well, we started the book really at the rock bottom of our marriage, and I had I had actually gotten back from aesthetic school, which it was a school I went to, thinking that I, I wasn't even sure I was going to come home and still be married. But there was something in me that wanted to come home, and I kind of had settled into, this is how our marriage is going to be, and the things that are missing, I will go get outside the marriage. And so there was a guy that I had had an affair with that I thought about and I, Tim had left for work. And I know that he thought we had actually just been intimate that morning. And I know Tim thought everything was good, but we still, it was not good. And I just, I just made a phone call and Tim happened to walk in on me. And really for the first time in our marriage, we had gone through so much more before that, but it, the first time I knew that Tim was done and, and really we had never, we hadn't gotten to that place. I'd been done many times before I kind of threatened divorce a lot. And I think that's because I was, I had never uh, experienced divorce in my life. Tim had experienced it many times and had, he constantly said, we're not going to get a divorce. We're not going to do that to our kids. But at this moment, I knew that Tim was done and it was the it was really a bottom point for me in our marriage. 
Mm -hmm. And as you know, there is going to be a redemptive line in your story, Tim and Kathy Bush with us. But the hard stuff is the hard stuff. And we have to take a look at where we've come from to see what God has been at work doing all along the timeline. And we'll continue to let Tim and Kathy tell their story and connect you to it through our Facebook page, which is Dotted Steve of the Morning. Is there hope for a broken relationship in Christ? A hundred percent. Well, you may want to even text that number this morning to get uh, in touch with this story because Tim and Kathy Bush are telling how a mess had been their marriage even as it got started. And yet God has a redeeming story out of this. And we say God can redeem your story if your marriage is a mess. The interesting part about that is he can meet us no matter where we are. Kathy, you were wanting to reignite an affair and Tim walks in as you're on the phone and you have to, I mean, I'm playing this scene out in like a movie in my head thinking, wow, that must have been a tense moment. How did we get from that moment on the telephone to the story that we're telling today? Where did God meet you guys in this? Well, at that moment, I begged Tim to stay. And I and I told him, I said, I'll do anything. And I at, at this point, we knew of a counselor who had been counseling our daughter. She was a Christian counselor, and her husband was a counselor. And I said, I will... I will call them and we'll meet with them. And so we started this journey for two years with, I met with her, Tim met with him, and then we would come together and we committed to doing that. And, but what's interesting during those two years is we still continued, alcohol was a big problem in our marriage and the counselors continued to tell us, you guys have an alcohol problem, but we just didn't want to hear it. So we kind of, we kind of went to them. They were a lifeline to get us glued together for those two years and I poured out my soul to them. I did, I had no idea that Tim was not sharing everything about what he had been doing in our marriage. And so that kind of started our journey until some things happened that took Tim to the bottom. Too. That day, that day that I caught Kath, I realized that, uh, in my opinion, I was, I had to be done because I, it just, God it just wasn't going to, wasn't going to help us. And not that I knew God, because I surely didn't, but I actually felt like God was getting back at me for all the things that I had done and hadn't shared with Kath. And so I really felt like the only way out, because I was told by somebody I really trusted, you take these kind of things to the grave, you never talk about them. And, uh, and like Kath said, eventually things got so bad in my life that I was brought to my knees mm. and it was quite a journey. You know, it, I think it's often the grace of God, though it doesn't feel that way in the moment when we end up being brought to our knees. So I'm, I'm hearing you both talk about the fact that there had to come a point where you, both of you are completely broken and there had to be, in a sense, no skeletons in, in the closet anymore. Tim, as you know, you got to that point where you're like, ah, this is going to be hard, but I got to do it. I got to talk. Um, at, what was that like to tell your story? For the first time, well, the, the, there was a little bit of a buildup point to that because uh, in 2008, my my younger brother was uh, diagnosed with stage four glioblastoma, and at at this point, I'm building my own kingdom here on Earth. A uh, hundred buildings in ten years is what my goal was. I was having him help me do it. He was he was discipling me, sharing the gospel with me. I was not interested because I was a higher level Christian to him. I did go to church 
1.3 times a month. So, you know, 12 times a year, Christmas and Easter. And so I'd been doing it for years and he hadn't. And then all of a sudden he's in a men's group and actually telling me how I should do. So how I should be. So it was an interesting time. But I can tell you when he was diagnosed with with the stage four uh, brain cancer, I was out of control. And, and this is something I really worked hard on was being in control of everything. And then right after he was diagnosed, our nephew uh, died at 22 years old. And it kind of put our business and family in a tailspin. And right after that, the economy changed in 08, if you remember. Mm -hmm. And I was building all these buildings and the bank we were dealing with went into receivership. And at this point, uh, at his funeral, I started to melt down. And this was in October of 2008 and literally was brought to my knees to the point of not sleeping, high level anxiety. To the to drugs weren't even working anymore and i, I was even seeing a psychiatrist because i was actually thinking about suicide i was i was at the end of myself had nothing left and so between prescription drugs and non-prescription drugs and alcohol like up to a fifth a day at this point i'm trying to cope with what was going on i was completely broken nothing to give and i needed to tell Kath everything is what my counselor said finally and when I did, I literally thought I would lose her for sure. Well, that, unfortunately, is where we're going to have to hit the pause button for just a moment. You didn't. And so there's a, a redemptive story in this. God showing up in a major way. And we're going to continue to tell the story and see how God was able to redeem, radically transform this marriage. Tim and Kathy's book, Sex on the First Date, we'll link you to that through our Facebook page, Don Steve in the Morning. Well, Tim and Kathy Bush have been married since 1982 and really kind of a miraculous thing that they are still married. Telling their story in the book, Sex on the First Date, it is all about how God really radically transformed their marriage. And, uh, you know, guys, you've, you've shared kind of the, the pits and the depth to which you had sunk in your marriage relationship. But at a certain point, God showed up. He became real to you. You began a relationship with him, and, and he began to do a transformative work. Tim, do you remember when you met Jesus for the first time and you realized, man, I need him to be a part of my story? I really do, and it really started out in God's Word. A friend of mine that was asking to get drugs for me recommended that I read the Bible. And I said, I already am, Bob, 70 pages a night, whiskey in one hand, Bible in the other. And uh, anyway, I, I asked him, he asked me to read the Bible and slow down and read a proverb a day. And I told him I would consider it because no one was going to tell me what to do. And, and so a couple of weeks later, I came home and asked Kath, would you consider reading the Bible with me? And, and, and I have to tell you, looking back on that, that is the sexiest thing that Tim has ever done. And, and that we, was the first time he really led me in a godly way. And I was so excited. And we started reading the Bible right away. We started reading a chapter in Proverbs. And as we were reading it, we're, we're, we're just looking at each other, like saying, this is in the Bible. Cause we'd never read the Bible. We had been in church, but never read the Bible. And the Bible really for us started coming alive. We slowed down in our drinking and I did do a, a cleanse type of thing. So I went 30 days without, and it's surprising when you get rid of those things in your life, how God has a place. And he started to move in us quite, quite a bit. And there was a, a whole series of things which we talked about in the book. But I can tell you on August 31st, we chose to quit drinking for a month because I didn't want to do it forever because I really like drinking. And that was August 31st, 2009. And then I, I, at the end of that month, we made a determination by a way we did it to, uh, to stop for another month. Didn't want to do it forever, but for another month. So we just kept on 
doing it for one month. Well, then finally, we'd been reading God's word and Catherine would say her transformation kind of happened by reading his word. Yeah, as as we quit drinking and I was reading God's word, I really believed that through his word, I was saved. But That was my saving time. But then on my aha moment was on December 21st, 2009, we were at a Christmas concert with a with a hook to it. And there was a song that I found out while writing this book that the pastor said it wasn't even on the charts to do. It was it was something that they were chanting to do that song. I'd never heard the song before in my life. It was called The Lighthouse. And that song came on and I literally tears started coming down my eyes and I literally felt the Holy Spirit come inside me. Mm -hmm. And I told Linda to Kath and I said, babe, our lives are going to change forever. We're going to go to that church. We're going to follow the Lord and we're going to our lives are going to change forever. And it did. <laughs> it, it, did. Yeah. it did. And you're sharing your story with the world now because you know the transforming power of Christ, as I sit here with cold chills and yeah. thinking about how the Lord moves. And your lives did change, Tim and Kathy. And yet it could not. I mean, sometimes the Lord will do that. Like it's a 180 and everything changes and you're on the right path. Were there any challenges as you started to learn to trust God? Kathy, I see you're smiling thanks to Zoom. Were there challenges there in the beginning after? Tim said, all right, this things are things are going to be way different now. The biggest challenge for us was because it was so radical and we were all in for Jesus that we were like fire hoses to everybody. Like we wanted everybody to have what we had. And I keep thinking about our son-in-law. He 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 says, you know, when mom and dad, he calls us mom and dad, when mom and dad changed. It was like every Christmas and every birthday, it was like, you get a Bible, you get a Bible, you get a Bible. <laughs> well, well, remember, I was also in a successful business relationship too, had lots of businesses actually. And we changed, we were a BMW dealer. We changed everything. We closed on Sundays. We put Fruit of the Spirit paintings on the wall, which are in our house behind us right now. But we, everything we did was centered on the Lord and it changed our Christian business. Music. Christian music in the, in the dealership. Everything we did was centered on Christ, and we weren't allowed. We, there was no variance, and it, we had a lot of pushback from our from our kids to start, and our rest of our family. It was really there was a lot of pushback. Oh, the boys especially wondered what was happening in the dealership. What happened to their dad? And my yeah. our son even called me and said, "Mom, you got to stop, Dad." And I said, "What? What are you talking about?" And he says, "Mom, we're running a BMW dealership here." We're selling cars and dad is talking to everybody about Jesus and he's praying with our customers. And it's just like, this is a car dealership. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's how radical the change was. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. It, it really is uh, a powerful transformative, a transformative story. It's in the book, Sex on the First Date by Tim and Kathy Bush. It's their story of a beautiful or a broken beginning and then a radically transformed marriage. And we're linking you to that through our Facebook page, Don and Steve in the Morning on Facebook. Tim and Kathy Bush are with us sharing their story of how God radically transformed their marriage. You guys talked about how once you met Jesus, everything was different to the point where friends and family members were shocked, wondering what in the world happened to the two of you. Business changed, everything in life changed. As God began to continue that transformative work in your life, he eventually led you into sharing your story, into uh, different types of marriage uh, ministry. Um, it's written a lot of uh, your stories in the book, Sex on the First Date. And so what does God have you doing now, 
today to pour into marriages that maybe have a story similar to what yours was? Well, we we uh, we travel all across the country and do marriage events, and uh, and it's it's a it's it, we share our story, and we we literally want to share and teach people so, a few things. And if we could teach them one thing, is how to pray, obviously, because that that's that was a game changer for us. But we want people first off to know they can't do it on their own. So having that that three pronged marriage with Christ at the center that was huge for us, and then being in God's Word every day. And then the praying together every day. A friend of mine said, uh, also talks about it in the book, that he he said you should pray with Kathy. I prayed for ten months with Kathy every day, and then he, one- he thought it was with Kathy. He was praying. Yeah, he was he he was praying until finally I said one day, you know what, babe, when you get done praying, instead of saying in Jesus' name right away, could you give me a minute in case I have something to say? And Tim looked at me and said, sure. And so that's when we started praying together. And that, that but, was about 12 years ago. And even if I go on a pheasant hunt, for example, I call her and pray with her on the phone. Because the Lord doesn't care how eloquent your prayers are. He just wants to hear your prayers. And when I when I look at Kath and say, God, I thank God for the, the gift of my bride. In Jesus' name, amen. That's great. And she can say it to me. It can be that simple. And we want it to be simple. And and in our book we that, that we're promoting, too, we put literally, uh, uh, we, we, we have questions, questions for transformation after every chapter. This will help couples communicate. And then at the very end of our book, we have eight stakes that you can put in the ground. They, they can use our stakes or their own stakes, but they're non, some of those are non-negotiables in our marriage, like our boundaries in our marriage, like my computer, cast computer, our phones, they're open to each other. We have nothing to hide. There's no wall between us. There's no bricks between us. We, we everything is open and transparent and it's a thriving way to to live your life it is a thriving way and it's different than most couples to hear you share tim and kathy about how god can do this in our marriages and the risk there's an emotional risk there that you folks were eventually willing to take i know even throughout the book you have videos you have a letter from your daughter talk about the videos a minute and the resource that they are contained within the book so when we when we did the videos, what what we really wanted was we wanted people to see, you know, as you're as we're telling our story, it's from our perspective and it's what 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 we what we saw, what we remembered. But when once we brought our kids into it, it was not only hearing their side of the story, but it was also validating what we were saying. And it was really, you know, we weren't there when our kids were getting interviewed or we didn't even know what they were saying. So it was pretty cool to listen to their stories because what they saw before Christ, they all saw the same thing, what they saw after Christ. And the biggest thing that they were seeing was mom and dad were searching and we were always trying something new. And I know that was we were trying to fill that hole that God created for us. And so they were seeing that we were searching. So once we found Christ, they were looking at it as how long was this going to continue? And final point, our legacy is what's at stake. We don't know that what we're doing today might impact generations yet to come, ones that our grandkids may have kids and grandkids 100 years from now that we don't know that what we do today matters. And our legacies is all we have. 
So we've got to be thinking about that. Well, and we stand on the legacy of those that have gone before us and have lived a life of testimony. We see that all through scriptures as well as the accounts that God has given us in history. And, And it's our turn. We get to do that now. Tim and Kathy Bush doing it so very well. The book, Sex on the First Date. And we have linked you to it through our Facebook page, which is Dawn and Steve in the Morning. You can also check out their website, War Room Ministries dot com.